Hi everyone and welcome to episode 190 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Jack, as always joined by Casey. Alan. Now obviously Casey, you are coming on here ready to preview the Manchester City game, which is what we were going to do. Uh, But you have just mentioned to me that you haven't looked at Twitter in a couple of hours. No. Okay, I am going to read you a quote from Andrea Radrizzani in Corriere della Sera, which is, having just had a look, I believe the oldest newspaper in Italy. I want I to operate. I didn't. I was going to say I didn't know you knew how to speak Italian. Oh, I'm. I can speak loads of languages so long as it's to do with football. <laughs> uh, I want to operate as a private equity in sport. Yes, perhaps leads can grow further, but in the future they will need more resources to be able to reach higher levels and compete with the best clubs in the Premier League. As a result, I believe that due to the history of the club and the respect I have for the fans, it is right to let those who can invest more than me go forward and bring them to the glory of the past. There is also a design aspect. This is my sixth year. Change is healthy. So... What do you reckon, Casey? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what the appropriate headwear is for us to wear, because because obviously Newcastle, when they were getting taken over, lots of fans were wearing tea towels on their heads. Uh, so so what do we done? Do, is it an American football helmet? Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, standing outside. There's several around. stereotypes about San Francisco we could go into, but I mean, I was I was just going to stick with with the 49ers link. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it it makes sense. I I don't go in. I don't subscribe to the logic of Radrizzani is a chancer, but I think the last year, last couple of years have definitely shown there's not an infinite pot of money for him to dip into. I would argue that the last couple of years has shown that there really isn't much of a pot at all by Premier League standards. Yeah, I mean, I think it's slightly bigger than than Simon's war chest, but not by a lot. Mate, Um, I might have more in my wallet than uh, Simon's war chest, and I'm not doing great. (laughs) um, So, yeah, I I think the, the, the only thing with it at this point is when when does the the takeover happen is it a case of he's fully bought out or do the 49ers just push it to a small majority ownership and and Radrizzani sticks around as as part of that or yeah i think there's there's quite a few interesting aspects of that as to as to kind of the steps that happen next yeah, like obviously it's not a surprise that something like this is being said. I do find the timing of it very interesting, though. I'm not sure whether this is actually because it's imminent or whether it's, well, you know, we couldn't really do much in the January because we were in the process of trying to sell the club. Uh, <sighs> like saying it, you know, the 27th of December, it's a hell of a time to suddenly say something like this, have a bit of a distraction. Yeah, I've, I'm. I'm just trying to think through through my history as a Leeds fan, in terms of takeovers. Now, I, I don't really remember the the takeover of sort of in, in about '96, which is when I think Ridsdale would have, have properly been on board. Yeah. Obviously, famously, we all remember 
how Ridsdale was at, well was a uh, was ousted mm. after driving us into crippling debts. Then there was so you had like John McKenzie running it for a while. Then we had the uh, was it the Yorkshire Consortium? Yeah, which, which one's Krasner? I think that's him. Yeah. And then it's a Bates, long time ago now. And then Bates bought it off him and insulted Jewish people. Uh, no, I'm fairly sure that Bates didn't buy it because Bates bought so, it off. Sorry, sorry. Bates bought <laughs> it off some some mysterious thing. As, sorry, Asta and Crato holding companies. <laughs> These mysterious figures uh, famously bought the club. Um, then one one day a re- statement was released that Ken Bates had bought the club from the mysterious people. Um, that he did because he didn't already own it. We must be clear nope, about that. No, nope. sorry, yeah, <laughs> that that was a mistake on my part. Uh, Ken, if you're listening, apologies. Uh, for also, the t- also, fuck off <laughs> if you're listening. Um, <laughs> and then probably, I'm going to say probably. More infamous than the Chilino takeover was the deal from from Bates to GFH, just because of how long it took. Yeah, and and I think I think that's the one that really concerns me is that that we we're entering this period now where both parties have such you know have these two big wedges of the club, but neither one of them wants to fully commit to to spending. And it's, you know, you look at where we are in the table and you just think, look, just do the deal in three days and then we're all good. Because in theory, like the 49ers can make this happen whenever they want, really. Hmm. Like it's, I was wrong. I thought that this was going to happen last summer. You know, they were creeping up towards 50% and I thought they were just waiting to see if we stayed up or not. And then I thought once we did, they would buy us. But no, they. But now, in the way that last season, I thought, well, they'd probably want to wait and see if I stay up. We're sort of in the same boat again. Because if they buy us now, as much as whoever buys us, I want it to be quick. That's the main thing. But if they're looking at us right now, they're going, right, well, if it's the equivalent of the club being valued, and I'm literally going to make up a number because I don't know, let's say it's 350 million. If they end up major- they buy it out Ladrazani and then we go down, it's worth 70. Like they need to whatever needs to be done, it needs to be done quickly because you can't we have skimped out of January for like four consecutive years at this point. With, yeah, the, with uh, one notable exception that we might be just about starting to pay now. Um, yeah. It's and we we can't do it again. No, you can't look at, at this squad and think, yeah, we can we can drag it through the rest of the season and it should be fine because Adam Farshaw will be fit. <laughs> you know, it's you look at we'll, obviously we'll get onto it for the Man City game, but with Tyler Adams out. We're now looking at a central midfield with absolutely no legs to it. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. Um... I mean, we yeah, we will get into it, but that that's why I I have no idea who we're, what our midfield's going to be for that game. Yeah. Because 
I don't think that we, I think without Adams there, the balance just goes. But um, Pascal yeah, so, Strauch. <laughs> so, ha- having seen that quote, do you think that this is an actual hurry up, or do you think it is a oh look over there at this not left back? I mean, he is famous for for just kicking up a bit of a stir at times when the uh, when the pressure's on. I I do think like that as you said the takeover probably should have been in the summer. It's a, it, it's a very strange game to play having once narrowly missed you know narrowly avoided relegation to then go ah let it ride. Yeah, it's I'm I'm really not sure to think because I do I don't know anything in the same way that most people don't, but it does appear to everyone that this split ownership thing is just making both parties reluctant to put in the money that's necessary. And it's not like we're talking, oh, Leeds need to plough 150 million into transfers. You, you need to sign a left back and preferably a forward. And if you can really manage it, a centre mid. If you just signed a left back, I think we'd stay up. <laughs> like, if, if you just signed a left back that's good, I think that that'll do it. Because then you can play Strauch at centre back again. And I just think everything improves slightly. Um, I will be interested to see if we're here all, like later today. Because as far as I can tell, there isn't. I haven't seen any. Like, I haven't seen Phil Hay or anyone, anyone with any sort of real insight follow-up on this yet. So I'm assuming that that's what they're currently trying to find out. Um, in other Leeds United transfer news, um, have you seen that the deal that we were definitely still going to try and do in January, uh, Cody Gakbo is off to Liverpool? Yeah, shocking that after the world, after having a, a very good World Cup, um, that he went to someone good. Yeah. I mean, I mean for, what, for what was... it's worth, uh, for what it's worth, by the way, Andrea Radvizani's let's welcome Bamba Dieng and we'll keep working on Gakpo to where he's still up. Mm. <laughs> well done. Didn't sign either of them. <laughs> for a man with a that, that owns a media group. Yeah, he he, he should ban <laughs> it. He definitely shouldn't be on Twitter that much, should he? Uh, he? He needs to give his phone to someone. Um. No, uh, yeah, with, with Cody Gakpo, like I said, it's it's no surprise that he he's gone to someone good. Bear in mind, it was us and Southampton, yeah, battling it out for him. Well, can you remember? I don't know if this is something that we talked about on here or not, but it's definitely something we talked about. How I was because uh, Alex, who of course was on the World Cup podcast with us, by the way, for what it's worth, I won the predictions by quite a long way. Uh, nah, mate, World Cup never happened. Ah, cool. Yeah, true. Um, but when we were he he kept saying you should get a gap pull, that's who you should try and get, that's who you should try and get. And my only thing was, nah, I don't think that's a realistic signing until it came out in the press, Southampton have had a bid accepted. And I was like, oh then fucking get him then. <laughs> uh but no, so we've we've had a lot of that. We can add him to DePaul and Mateus Cunha and Probably the most annoying one of the lot because I actually think that this one we could have done Gvardiol. Like that's probably the most annoying of the lot. 
we uh, I'll, I mean, I will whatever soon. they do, with, they need with, to do it better. Yeah, I mean, the money Wolves seem to have lined up for Mateus Cunha is, I would describe as slightly excessive. Yeah, as much as he looks a good player. And obviously, if we'd have got him, I'd have been like, wait, he's a forward with a lot of quality. This, you know, it's a good footballer. If because it's an obligation at 50 million by the sounds of it, like that's that's a ridiculous amount of money. I'm sure it's not all up front, but still. I, I assume it's also on the proviso that they stay up. Well, yeah, otherwise they might be out of <laughs> what, business. And... <laughs> what a millstone that could be. Oh, what a season they're gonna have in the championship. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I, I I don't know where we look now in terms of obviously we know I, I, I do kind of wish that that even contemplate loanees or something. Just I I know we've been kind of averse to it in the last few years, sort of Jack Harrison aside, and and the the I think Bielsa was part of it as well. Who he he's not that they weren't massively keen on the idea of developing someone else's player. Mm. But this wouldn't be a development thing though. When you're in the championship, you're trying to get a 20 year old who isn't quite ready to play for a Premier League team, but you can play him every week. For us, it's just you just need please to... come and play left back, please. Don't get me wrong, we need to improve the starting eleven, but we also just need we need bodies as well. Um but yeah, uh, as we've just had in the comments from uh, Ali, he is right. He's genuinely pleased that Gakpo's gone to Liverpool because he isn't going to scum and it gets rid of the excuse that we're trying to sign Gakpo or that Radrizani would have used all window. Which, you know, maybe that's the timing. If that was his excuse and now this is his excuse instead. Yeah, I'm trying to think which uh, which player out of the World Cup we can pretend to have pursued and had a realistic chance of signing, but we never actually did. Um yeah. Well, I mean, I am I am sure that I mean I've already seen stories, but even though we would go higher up the chain, you'll get a load of clicks if you put leads as leads in a headline with Sophie and Anne with that. Hmm. Uh the other Moroccan midfielder was it Unai. He was yeah. good. I think that he'll be one talked about. And was there any like really hot young? Oh well, I mean, but you can just bring back the Huang He Chan thing. Yeah. They're signing. They're signing another forward. He's probably available. Uh, I mean, at this point, uh, we while we're just... on the su- while we're on the subject of transfers, by the way, just so I don't forget, have you seen much of a uh, uh Coventry? Um, I have not. He... Is, is this Victor or is this a different one? No, Vic, Victor Gikas. You... By the way, that pronunciation might be terrible. Uh, I'm not sure what their oh, like with umlauts above it is in Swedish. But he, from what I've seen of him, looks quality. He's in excellent form, being linked with everyone. And he seems to, of all the options I've seen so far, he's the one that makes all the sense in the world. Hmm. 24, so there's plenty of room. He's still got plenty of time on his side and stuff. He's the one that seems to make the most sense. Six foot two. That's what you want. Tall. The the only thing with the, the striker talk now, and, and 
don't get me wrong, we need to sign a striker. But if we're going to go to a 4-3-3, it very much says to me that Rodrigo is an out-and-out striker now. If we're playing, if we're going to stop playing with a 10, then absolutely. Because I was about to say, because it'd be ridiculous to play him as an eight, but he spent like 50 games. <laughs> he spent ages playing well, there, actually. In fact, I don't even have to think back long. No, as, as much as as much as I love Marcelo Bielsa, the, the idea that, oh yeah, he can play centre mid, would be fine. Yeah. No. Um, Dan James can play up front as well. Like, stop doing this. <laughs> Yeah, he he would be an interesting one, and the the only other one is that that uh that Wagner from um Philadelphia Union is still the one being talked about the most as a left back signing. I mean, at least he's a left back. I, can, I mean, I yeah. can't say to I can't say to that I know a whole whole lot about him, but. As we've kind of looked before, there are no left backs at this club. There's Junior Furpo, and who's the left back for the under 18s? Because <laughs> the 21s haven't... don't have one. No, the 21s don't have one. And I'm fairly it's, sure the last like, time I'm sure the last time I watched the 18s, there was a right footed lad playing there. Like Hjelda. Yeah. And... He... <laughs> I said I said right at the step, I said earlier this season it was a really bad time for Yelda to get injured. Well, get appendicitis. Yeah. Because he really would have had some game time this season. I've no doubt about it. No, um, and it's that, it's that frustrating thing again of that Pascal Strauch has had a pretty decent season, but he is a centre-back. Yep. And KC there being an excellent, excellent podcaster by setting up. So, new contract. Diego, I, I am guessing that we are 50-50 on this news. <laughs> uh, first of all, Pascal Strauch. Excellent news. Absolutely needed doing. Glad to see it's uh, it's, it's a four-and-a-half-year deal, isn't it? That's uh, yeah. At this point. So, absolutely fantastic news. I realised I was getting old then because I nearly said to 2017. <laughs> Sexy pirate twenty twenty seven. Here we go. I mean that one. I was I'm I was gen, like I breathed a genuine sigh of relief when I saw that because he was down to eighteen months, wasn't he? Mm. But also, I kept looking at him and thinking. I mean, he appears to be quite a grounded guy. Like there was, and just keeps himself to himself. Like they were saying that he's had a kid, and like none of the team knew his missus was pregnant. <laughs> you know, like, he's just. <laughs> He's just he's just got on with it and just not really said much. He just got on with playing football, which is what you want in a defender, really. Yeah. But I kept. I didn't know anything about David Weatherall, and I don't know anything about him. Yeah. I just kept, I just kept looking at other teams in the Premier League, like Spurs especially, and thinking, God, there's so many of these teams could would love a left-footed centre back, and Spurs left-sided centre back in a three. I was just looking at it going, there's your guy, and you can probably get him for like, you know, 15 to 20 million quid because he ain't got that long left on his contract. But that is now gone. And I was I was genuinely delighted to see it because he's been excellent playing out of position. But I think his ceiling as a centre-back is really high. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see 
what he could do as a centre back playing in a settled team that was mid table. Because yeah. I think I think I think last season broke him a bit. Because I, th- I think as a young defender facing wave after wave of attacks like he would have done, like I think it I think it got his confidence down by the end of last season, which is why I think we looked a lot better once Liam Cooper came in. Despite the fact that I think, technically speaking, Pascal Strauch is miles ahead of him. Yeah, it was the. Uh, we did always think that it was Cooper's biggest strength was that he sort of, you know, him as a talker, and the way that he organises seemed to work well. But I do think that. Well, no, I still actually think looking at our squad that three at the back is a decent idea, but that's clearly not going to happen. So, I think that. But basically, once you sign a left-back, as much as I like Liam Cooper, I think it's time you just have to play strike there and just, just like, commit to it. Yeah, I think think this is not the way I generally want to think about football. But if I'm thinking about football and and throwing around the term the Leicester model, like, you only realise... You know the true value of Pascal Strack by playing him. You know, if if you want to look at him and think, well, he's someone in a few years. I think we could sell for 40, 50 million. That's grand, but you've got to give him that playing time. Then, um, you know, it's 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 gonna be one of those things. That, like Pascal Strack is. I'm trying to think in the terms of other young defenders we've had, like. It's sort of a weird one because obviously the first one that comes into your head is Woodgate, but he, he was just brilliant and mm. he was a little bit younger. Yeah. Um, we haven't had all that many, have we? No, like Ben White like, next? on loan. Yeah. I mean, genuinely, when you think about it, who's who it's at Kil- Premier League level? It's Matt Kilgallen, isn't it? Yeah. It, it's he's a, He wasn't this level. Like, before, before our time, but David Weatherall coming through. Kind of at 19, yeah. 20. Uh, um, I wouldn't even be able to tell you, like, you know, what years that was and stuff like that. <laughs> I have no idea. It's that. Because David Weatherall always, like, he seemed like a really, really old footballer to me, you know, even when he wasn't. Yeah. Like, I think I thought of David Weatherall as quite an old footballer in like 1998. And he'll have been 27 <laughs> at that point. Like, I didn't realise how long he was at Leeds, to be honest. And I can't believe that he played 100 more league games for Bradford than he did Leeds. Yeah. It's, it's hard to... <laughs> if I remember rightly, the story about David Weatherall was that he wasn't at the championship celebrations because he had to revise for his uni exams. Yeah, I could never... Uh, I could never remember. What was it that he's really qualified in? I can't remember. Uh is it something like chemical engineering or something like yeah, that? Yeah, something like that. Um, but, well, speaking of qualified, Pascal Strauch is very much a very well-qualified defender and I'm pleased to see him about. On the other hand, new three-and-a-half-year deal for one Diego Llorente. I'm going to be really kind and say this is a good deal because I think it guarantees us some money from it when he goes back to Spain. My question is, who's <laughs> going to buy him? 
<laughs> the Spanish. Now, I, I did not. This, you know, I breathed a huge sigh of relief when I saw the Stroud one. This, I just went, hang on, what? I genuinely thought it was a fake tweet <laughs> when I saw it. Because I just thought, well, I do not see the logic in this whatsoever. I mean, I, I'm going to assume this, and it's a brave assumption, but I'm assuming he's taking a pay cut to get this extra bit of deal. I don't know. See, see, I kind of thought the other way around in as much as for us to keep him. And there's, there is also the part of me that thinks it's to do with amortization. I don't know if it means if he sticks around for longer, if it means we can show that we've spread the cost out over a slightly longer period. Or... I, 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 I do not know enough about this. I believe you can only do it over the initial contract. Yeah. Um, uh, also, it, as much as it, I was going to say it wasn't massive money in terms of Premier League, but God, it was massive money for him. It was like 17 million or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Now, the thing where you enter, I've said it a million times, because he is so proactive and he does everything aggressively and he sort of just goes for it. When he has a good game, he has an excellent game. And on his good days, he's passing out from the back can be really good. But God, his good days are getting fewer and fewer and fewer. That bit where he had the one good run, good run of form under the Elsa back end of the season when we, as a team, had such a good run of form. He was playing a lot better, but Leeds were also running hot on the numbers. Like, you know, we'd concede two XG and only concede one goal instead of conceding two mm. XG and conceding four, which is what started happening afterwards. I just, I think it said a couple of things. I think it guarantees that Ailing's not getting another deal. Because the only way I thought he could get one is if he was to be third choice right back, fifth choice centre back, and just be the backup if he fancies it. But he should go play football somewhere. And I think it doesn't say a lot for what they must have seen out of Charlie Cresswell at Millwall. Mm. I, it's an odd one, though, because I'm just looking at it here. Aside from the Leicester game, he he that's the only game he's played since Brentford. Yeah, and and there's you know there's there's not been sub appearances in there, and and I don't think there's genuinely been a shout to to bring him in. And, and I'm saying this off the back of several fairly poor defensive performances that I still not looked and thought get Diego Llorente back in. Yeah, that's never going to be the thing. And. Uh... Uh, going back to the takeover thing, Stephen Mayer's message is saying that uh, if 49ers take over, will Pete Lauer be involved a bit more? Because he's supposed to be worth a bit. I mean, he's on the board now and he's worth billions. But I think if he wanted to buy us, he'd have just bought us. Mm. Uh, I don't really know any more than that. He's also said Urente came on against Monaco and we conceded three goals in eight minutes. <laughs> By the looks of what I saw... Now, I didn't watch all of that game because I thought 20 quid for a friendly was a rip-off. And I thought making you pay four quid to watch it on LUTV was ridiculous. And I couldn't be asked sorting out a VPN because I just don't have one at the minute. Uh, but from I did see that sort of period back on a video and just everyone was dreadful for that spell. So it can't be just him. But he didn't help. Hmm. <laughs> no. I'd... I mean, I'll, I'll look at the moment and... 
I just think in terms of if if everyone's fully fit and playing in their natural position, he is fourth in line. Like it's it's probably for me, Strauch, Cock, Cooper, Urente. Yeah. The only thing that he has is that he's right-sided. Hmm. But um I think Marsh is a little bit less bothered about that. So, like, I wonder if he would be willing to put, like, strike right centre-back, Cooper left centre-back ahead of it being Uente if Cock was injured, for instance. You know, and just stick... Yeah. Well, in the, in the scenario where we have a left-back. In this in this dream world. In this dream world where left-backs exist. Like I say, I'd, it's one of those things that I don't think is... Is honestly going to have that much of a that much of an impact? Like I don't think it changes his his playing time or anything like that. No, I'm I was really surprised because I just thought that he would go. Um, the I suppose just while we're on the subject of the defense, we may as well. And we did mention Ailing's contract being up. Did you hear Marsh's comments about drama? Uh, I, I've. I vaguely heard them. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. That yeah, when he was basically, it was just, he just started really talking him up and saying, I said, he compared him to Somerville, you know, and he said, sooner or later, I'm just going to have to throw Somerville in because he mm. deserves it. He sort of said the same thing about drama. Now, I don't think Man City will be the game he does it in. But we will, we have got three games in, what, like seven days? Yeah. I think that, one of them, possibly the Newcastle game, I think Drama might start one. Because if we want to keep him around, I think that they're going to have to give him a chance. Yeah, you're going to have to at some... Like, I'd, I think, I anyway, think the frustration... Ex excellent timing on this comment from Stephen, who is literally asking us about Drama, just as I said that. <laughs> it's, it's a tough one for him, because I think he... Obviously, he made the move with the intention of being closer to the first team. That clearly didn't happen at all. Went out on loans, had a really good loan spell. Um, and has come back to basically the same situation with someone else in front of him in the line at this point. Um, you know, so I fully understand why he probably wants to move on at this point. Do I think it's, partially down to having a bit of a pushy agent, like probably. But if if he's set on playing regularly at this age, then Well, that's that's the thing. At this age, he just turned twenty one. Hmm. He's not a kid in foot like he's a young player, but he's not a kid. He he needs to be playing. And he isn't going to develop playing any under twenty one football because when he plays at that level, he is so far above it. It's not even funny. Even when he has a bad game, he stands out a mile in the twenty ones. He needs to play somewhere. Uh, I'm just there's definitely the thing that I still really like about him, uh, but we need to see how it how well it gets tested against better players. His one v one defending is excellent. But I don't know if that's because he's just against players that aren't good enough to beat him. So I need yeah. to see him against better players and see if he will be. But I definitely think he deserves some football. And as much as I love Luke Ayling and he's been a brilliant servant to the club and in terms of value for money and all of that, he's one of the best signings Leeds have ever made. 
I think it's time. Yeah, it's that sad thing again of, you know, looks like Click might be on his way out to the to the MLS and, and get himself a sort of a sweetheart move at the end of it to because by the sounds of things he was getting a two or three year deal out of it as well. Yeah. Um you know you and at this point you're kind of looking at the players that are still left from that that were playing week in, week out of that team are you know, there's a, there's a few of them left that are north of 30 now. You know, there's there's Ailing, there's Dallas, uh Forshaw, Click, you know, they're all they're all players who realistically aren't getting any better now. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, it, you know, outside of if a player is happy to, you know, see their wages drop, if they are happy to be around as a second or third choice, then sure. But at this point, when, when there are three right backs there, yeah. Um, you know, un- unless you know, midway through January, there is a look of, uh, you know, from Cody Drama that just says, you know what, I'm putting in a transfer request. I, I want to play football. I want to leave. Well, I think if we don't give him a chance this month, that's what will happen. Mm. And as much as you you never like to see that when it's your club, I will understand it. Like, I, I can't, I won't be mad at him in the same way I will be with other players when they're putting transfer requests, if he does. Because if he doesn't get a chance, I think he's probably right. He needs to. Um, we just have to hope that we bring in a couple in January and then in the summer. Because like you're saying, you know, players sticking around to be third choice and fourth choice. If you're going to have that, you want a 19-year-old, not a 22-year-old. Yeah. Or Stuart Dallas. Yeah, Stuart Dallas to, is to, to fill in the five positions. Yeah, Dallas is a weird one because we don't know we don't know if how he's going to come back. We don't mm. know what level he's going to be at. So with him, we just have to see what happens. I mean, he's had another operation, hasn't he? Yeah, but, but it was apparently just to clean stuff up, and it's very common. It shouldn't set him back too much. Uh, and, so, there's yeah. your, and there's your left back. Yeah, <laughs> Adam Forshaw, smiley face. <laughs> uh, speak, speaking of aging midfielders who probably won't be here next year, a couple of them are probably going to have to play against Man City. Yeah, because Tyler Adams was really stupid against Spurs. Yeah, it was. It, it, it's of course a long time ago now, so you forget. But that was a very silly thing that he did. Because for the Americans, and you know, who would have watched Tyler Adams had a fantastic World Cup, going, oh god, I can't wait to see him play for Leeds. Not against cities, not. Yeah. Um, team news wise, it's all sort of as it were. We've had a load of players ill, but it sounded like most of them will be back. Melier is still touch and go because he's had glandular fever. Luckily, if he gets the all clear, because he's a goalkeeper, he can pretty much come straight back in. If an outfield player had been as ill as him, you'd probably be looking at a few weeks to build back up. Yeah. Um, but it sounded like. Most of that, but uh, Sinistera won't be, and that, that, and then Dallas definitely isn't, obviously. But other than that, we should have a team. The main thing that I think is interesting is: do you think that this game will be four three three, and do you think that's why he's been pushing it so much in pre season? Pre 
Sorry, I need to. Who's I can't remember who kept it. Was it the uh, it's a square ball one in it? We'll nick that term. The re season, yeah, re season, yeah, um, yeah. And I, and I think if you get a play a bit deeper, Man City's probably the game to, to go with it as well to get an extra body in midfield. Um, like you say, that you can sort of have your pick as to who, who plays the deepest role. Because between, I I think it's probably between Rocker and Forshaw as to as sort of who plays as, as the deepest of the three midfielders. Either way, you you're not getting the industry that you do from from Tyler Adams there. Now I do wonder like how he's going to do it. Just is he going to put? Is he going to just have Rocker sit really deep? And just try and hit some long passes that we can press onto with with the front three instead of a front four. Because if yeah. he just sits, it, it's harder to get caught if you just sit. I mean, it's Man City; they might do anything. They might just batty, and you don't worry about that. Uh, but like, he seemed to use Aronson in a more forward role, whereas when without Adams there, Aronson is like the one in my head who's the best fit. You know, in terms yeah. of energy and presence and chasing everything down. I, I suppose if you if you hadn't had the the excellent form of Somerville before the break, I think you'd probably looking at Aronson playing right and Harrison left again. But because of how well Somerville's been playing, you need to keep him in the team. So yeah. And by all accounts, from the people who were there and saw the full nineties, Nonto looked very, very good. In those friendlies, yeah. Again, I suppose with him, it's a case of whether he's he's been able to catch up that fitness yet. Um, you know, the because the, he initially he wasn't going to start the the Real Sociedad game, was he? I think no. Was it going to be Harrison and he dropped yeah. out? Yeah. Um. So, had like, like there is a question mark over Jack Harrison for this one as well. From that, I, I I think that was probably more a precautionary measure for him to pull out of that one. But um, because I, I don't I, to be honest, I had not actually thought about Aronson playing in the middle. I had thought of it as probably being Greenwood, Rocker, and Farshaw, and having to choose between Rocker and Farshaw, which one plays oh, deeper. Yeah, for what it's worth, I don't think it will be Aronson. I just think that if you need the energy in there, he's probably your best bet out of what we have. The other option that uh, a lot of people have said, and I think is, I think it's a fa- it's weird because I really like Adam Forshaw. Like he's a really good footballer. I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure if he won't just get done so much legs wise. Mm. This part of me wants to put JB in there just. Because you're probably going to lose anyway. And like, this is such a chance for him to do something. It's really, it's really difficult. I mean, Sam Greenwood, I like as a footballer, but I don't think he's the guy to play midfield in this game. No. Um, I I suppose, yeah, in in that case, especially without Tyler Adams, you probably have Aronson in as the box-to-box midfielder. Um, like I, 
as ne- as negative as this is, I don't know if you you basically have Rocket and Forshaw in both players, you know, fours and just, just yeah. have both of them sit there and yeah. then just let the Allen li- do the running. Yeah. They're lining up as a three, but really it is still two then one. It's yeah. just instead of you know a double pivot and a ten, it's two holding midfielders and then an eight. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I'm not sure what they'll do because the other thing is, as much as it's ridiculous, I've said it about a few games ago now. If we were to get, we're not keeping them out. So if we're going to get someone, we do actually have to press high and try and force a mistake and score a couple of goals because we're not going to hold them to a nil nil. It's just, I, I, they say never say never. I'm saying never. <laughs> um, it's, that, it's that daft thing though that. So far this season, we've we've had some absolutely dreadful performances, but we've got you know six points from from two of the the big six and put in an excellent performance against Arsenal and should have got something from the Spurs game. Yeah, and put in forty percent of a really good performance against Spurs. Yeah. Um, by the way, Ali. Saying that he watched the full Monaco game, and if you'd if you'd watched that game, you'd have JB ahead of Forshaw. Uh, I'll have to take your word on it because I didn't watch the full ninety. Uh, I did see a few other people saying that, but there is an argument for the more experienced head as well. So that's one of them where whichever one he goes with, I, there's an argument for it. To be fair, uh, so it's what uh, Leon Vader White always said: always let a more experienced head prevail. Yeah, it was Riding what it was. And- <laughs> riding up and down the roads with Rick Rude. Uh, so, yeah, um, back four, I'm assuming, provided everyone's fit. Well, Melier in goal, provided his fit. Christensen, Cock, Cooper, Strauch. Yep. We've debated the midfield. It could be a few. If they're fit, Rodrigo up top, Somerville one side. And Nonto's played well, but do you think he'll go with Harrison? I think, I think he goes with Harrison. I, I think yeah. Nonto's still coming off the bench. Yeah, maybe. And we'll uh, we'll see him that. But I really I do think there's an argument for throwing JB into that midfield. But we'll see. Uh now Man City. Bit good. Good squad verse. <laughs> Solid team. Like I just <laughs> I don't even know what to say about them. <laughs> they're just fucking brilliant. <laughs> I mean, I I never bet against Leeds. So I have taken the drastic step of putting a pound on us to lose 6-1 and a pound on us to lose 7-0. <laughs> so that's the, the discussion with uh, with Alex Benison as to whether this is the time to triple Captain Harlan for fantasy because he could get five. If if I still had my triple captain, I think I would. He is my captain. I am hoping he, I'm hoping nothing happens. In fact, I hope he he gets so swept up in the moment that he comes back to defend the corner and he belts one in and starts celebrating in front of a cough. <laughs> He's got a lead shirt underneath his Man City shirt. He's beating yeah. his chest. Um, so just, I mean, just looking at that, obviously they might play other people because they've got so many options. But it'll be Edison in goal. Uh, defensively, like Walker at right back because I don't think he played the League Cup game. Then you could have Stones and Laporte, but you've also got Ake if they want him. Uh, they've also got Ruben Diaz if they want him. Any of them are good. Uh, Cancelo left back, but um, 
I think, yeah, I would think that they'll go with Cancelo because I can't see a. I mean, they were all on the bench against uh, against Liverpool, weren't they? As, yeah, was they... Scott, as was Scott Carson. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. I mean, like because they can afford to rotate a few. Maybe that that Sergio Gomez, but besides Vandalek could play left back in this. But we don't need to midfield. We've got Rodri as the holding mid, who's probably as good as anyone in the world. Yep. And on top of it, he's liable to belt winning from 25 yards because he's really good at that. Gundogan, who's still outstanding. Kevin De Bruyne, who is one of the best three footballers on the planet. Maybe fourth now. He he isn't quite as good as he was a year ago, but he's still unbelievable. And a couple of others have got better. Mm. Like Haaland and Mbappe have got better since then. (laughs) Yeah, keep going. Uh, And then... (laughs) It's an upsetting list. And then, like, Ford on one side, and they might play Bernardo Silva in midfield. They could play him on wing. They could also play Mares. Uh, and then, if they need him, Merlin Haaland up top. I don't think Julian Alvarez is back from celebrating winning the World Cup yet. No, I think all the, Argent- so it will- all the Argentinians are, are on, a, on a nice little uh, booze cruise across the country. I believe. Yeah, uh, they're... Um... they're so we don't have to worry about their backup striker, you know, who's amazing. <laughs> we just have to worry about their main striker, who's absolutely terrifying. And just flicking through, who didn't we mention? Who's really good? Oh, I didn't even mention Jack Grealish. <laughs> Probably because I don't like him very much, but he is undoubtedly a really good player. Uh, other se- forgot centre-back option, Manuel Akanji. I mean... And then, of course, there is a certain player who won't be involved because, uh, according to his manager, he's fat. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, he was not messing around with that one, Pep. No, th- there was something going... I do not know if this is right. There was some stuff going around on Twitter that said he actually missed his targets a couple of times under Bielsa. It's just that Bielsa, you know, didn't say anything. And there was a couple of games where he got dropped for no reason. And everyone mm. was really surprised. And I wonder if that was when it was. But their squad is just ridiculous. Like, it's a 4-3-3. But, you know, it's really two at the back. The fullbacks will invert the two eights push forward. So you end up with like a 2-3-5, basically. Um. Which I suppose is... Now, I don't think he will, but I should mention it. Do you think there's any chance we play five? No. No, he did it last season, but he didn't do it at Liverpool and it worked and he didn't do it against Arsenal, he didn't do it against Chelsea. He also did it last season and we conceded in the first, like, seven minutes against Man City. So, um, no, I I think if we were going to do it, we'd have been doing it in the pre-season games to prepare for it. Yeah, because it's just switching the tactics now would be madness. Yeah, I just I, look. You always have hope, and you always want your team to win. But I just look at that team on paper, and then I look at ours, and not necessarily our best. Because look, Tyler Adams has probably been slightly better than him this season, but I still think Rocker is our quote unquote best midfielder. But Tyler Adams in this game would be by a mile our most effective midfielder. This is mm. the sort of game that he's great at. 
missing him and looking at their tide, I just don't see any hope whatsoever. Uh, just having a look. Just at, did we concede twelve goals against them last season? Uh, we conceded seven. Oh, so Eleven. Sorry. Yeah, it was seven at their place, and then it was four nil at Ellen Road. Yeah. Weird, weirdly, didn't Nathan Ake score in both games? Yeah. So Fernandinho, he, he, Fernandinho got one in there as well. Yeah. He might get the left centre back berth then, Nathan Ake, because he fancies it against us. They'll give yeah. Laporte a rest. Yeah. Oh, look, yeah. by the way, uh, Man City are two to seven for this game. That's way bigger than I expected. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking. I'm just looking at the goal scorers from last season when it's Foden, Grealish, two for De Bruyne, Mares, Stones, and Ake, and then you Rodri, almost, Ake, Jesus, Fernandinho. You almost said that with the rhythm of like Barney McGrew, Cuthbert, <laughs> <laughs> um, like specials. I always love when you see how short things get. You know, when someone's just that good and the team's that good. Haaland to score or assist and Man City win, 4-9. <laughs> like, it's just going to happen. Uh, if uh, if you haven't looked yet, it's worth asking, what price do you reckon the bookie I am looking at for, which I'm not going to plug because it's not the one that I work for, uh, what price do you reckon they are, Erling Haaland, to score any time? It's going to be so, so short. Like, one to, like, one to nine? No, that, that would be utterly ridiculous. <laughs> If it was one to nine, you'd be it'd be five to one not to score. Because yeah. <laughs> that's no, he's a he's two to five, so he's seven to four to not score a goal, which incidentally is basically what Price used to score first at fifteen to eight. <laughs> like it is a ridiculous. It's just so short, but it's fair enough, really. Um, I'm just going to have a look at the thing because I'm pretty sure it's one of the things that you'll be looking at. Erling Haaland to score two or more goals in this game mm-hmm. is two to one. <laughs> <laughs> to score the hat trick, he is seven to one. It's <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, just a reminder after the break um, that Erling Haaland in all competitions this season has scored 24 goals in 19 games. Yeah. He's and doing all right. Against, a lot of them against teams that are better than us. Uh, there is... Oh, no, I'm looking at that. Oh, that's in... Sorry, that does include the Community Shield, though. Oh, that, right. Those well, 19 games. Oh, well, it's basically... Although, I don't know if it's still true. I think it is... Well, if it hasn't been a game for ages, it must still be true. I still think that the second best goals per minutes is Rodrigo. Uh, it was for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, and I mean, he scored against... Spurs and went played in, so it probably still is. Uh, we do you, obviously. I have said I have no hope, and I just, I my advice to anyone that's going to this game, or if you're just watching at home, and it's easier said than done, is to just try and if they start battering us, just try and enjoy how good Man City are. It's difficult, it's really difficult, but just try. 
it might make you laugh. I am going to say, if, if they rip us apart, I'll be annoyed if we concede stupid goals. If they are just better than us and score four, okay, I can live with that. Um, and I said four, so that's like me thinking on a good day, I suppose. So I'm, I think that we will score. I am going to say Leeds one, Manchester City five. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm not going to follow my betting pattern. <laughs> well, say, what I would say is we are both very much down, so you should. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to say we lose four. I'm going to say four one. Four. I'm going to price is right, yeah. And I, I don't think it, neither of them. It, if we put up a decent fight and they're just better than us, I can live with that. I just hope we don't, you know, like just give the ball away at the back and gift them a goal, that sort of thing. That's what I don't want to see. Uh, I have seen a, stat, a, a request about here that I think is a decent one for my bet. So I'm going to have it. Harlan to have three shots on target. Christensen to be booked. Seven Man City corners, 16 to one. That's going to be my bet. Uh, I'm going to be very optimistic and go with uh, uh, with the power price of Rodrigo to score or assist a goal at three to one. Uh, was that Rodrigo score or assist three to one? Yeah. Well, hopefully, we can land something. Uh, for what it's worth at the minute, Kesey, okay, so points-wise, I'm ahead of you by eight on the fixtures. Damn it. Uh, I've had like... I am upset by this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's nice to be back just talking about Leeds instead of having that fucking wanker that we had on over at World Cup on. <laughs> Bloody hell. Nah. World Cup pretty much stopped after England versus France for me. Well, we did stop podcasting because we we weren't in, we weren't interested anymore. Once we, uh, once uh, we were like, I'll, I'll watch some football, but yeah, yeah I'll watch all the games, but care yeah. enough to talk about it for an hour? Not really. Yeah. Care about this? We this is just meant to be a match preview. We've done fifty five minutes, right? Um, I feel, I believe that we've covered everything. I mean, obviously, we didn't talk about the friendlies in detail, but I don't think either of us saw the full ninety, did we? So it wouldn't be worth going through. Uh, I mean, at least we, you know, at least we've won some silverware. Oh, yeah, we did win that trophy, the Elche trophy, as I'm going to call it, because I can't remember its name. Pre de Lake or pre something like that. Fit Felix Delk or something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, don't remember. Oh, I just flicked on Twitter by the way to see if just to check if anything has happened. And Reese James is starting for Chelsea today, so he didn't miss the World Cup by much. Oh, see, we've had the, both had the same idea. I've gone to Twitter to check if anything happened, has happened. And uh, Dean Smith has been sacked at Norwich. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't care about Norwich, but I don't like Dean Smith. He's a pain in the ass as a bloke. Yeah. I don't think he's a terrible coach, but it's worth. But he's a he's a bit of a pain in the ass. But yeah, um, that will do us. Obviously, we play Newcastle on New Year's Eve, don't we? So we'll be back fairly quickly. Um, maybe 29th, but we'll uh. We'll come back and we'll see if we've even managed to put up a fight. And you never know. Maybe we're here laughing his tits off because we've shit out to win, but we like don't deserve at all. But if you don't know, 
Now you know. Now you know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. That'll do us. I've been Jack. See ya. I've been Casey. Have a good one. In a bit.